Support comes from the Norton Simon Museum, presenting the film series Testigo Witness, Goya in the Movies. Held on select Fridays in May, each film touches upon artist Francisco de Goya's visions of the world, kicking off with Pan's Labyrinth by Guillermo del Toro on May 10th at NortonSimon.org. You have the chance to win a Spring Super Sweeps from Alleist. Donate $60 for one entry to win a brand new Lexus or $25,000 in cash. Check out all the other prizes, too, when you donate now at LAist.com slash sweeps. It's Film Week here on LAist 89.3. I'm Austin Cross in this week for Larry Mantle. Lots of good news for Christopher Nolan's epic Oppenheimer this week. The first headline... The film has now done more than $550 million in ticket sales. And the next is that Oppenheimer will continue its run in IMAX past August 17th, when it was initially slated to leave. In select theaters, you can watch Killian Murphy, Emily Blunt, Matt Damon, and the rest in 70 millimeters through August 31st. There are quite a few household names in the film, with each performer bringing a unique interpretation to their role. Long before we got to enjoy them on the silver screen, though, my next guest was tasked with deciding who made the cut. John Papsidera was the casting director for Oppenheimer and joins me now. His other credits include The Dark Knight and TV shows like Westworld and Yellowstone. John, thanks so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. Pleasure. I should actually mention that we had director Christopher Nolan on Film Week just a couple weeks ago. And so I wanted to start there with how you came to work with Christopher Nolan on this film. It was a stroke of luck, honestly. Um, I owe it to producers Suzanne and Jennifer Todd, who I had done my first film on my own uh, with Austin Powers, the original Austin Powers. Uh, We worked together and... Shortly after that, they called me and said, um, hey, we have this small movie. It's called Memento. Would you have any interest in uh, reading it and working on it? Uh, And I said, of course. And I did. And that's how I met Chris. And um, we've worked together ever since. And of course, because the film is about the life of J. Robert Oppenheimer, you know that the film rides on the main actor. I'm wondering about the specific qualities you were looking for in an Oppenheimer, what kind of research you did, how you determined what those qualities would be, and and how you decided on Killian Murphy for the main role. Yeah, um, you know, it's uh, it's always a, an interesting process. I will read the script, and then Chris and I will sit and talk uh, about characters and about leads and and all kinds of things afterwards, the script itself. And he had a strong indication that uh, early on that he um, had been staring at the cover of the book um, uh, that he uh, that he adapted the screenplay from and thought it looks like Killian. So he said to me, what do you think of that? And I said, well, look, I mean, Killian's got the intelligence. He's got, you know, the emotions. He's got enough charisma and a hypnotizing, you know, uh, face that Mm. we would certainly and enjoy watching that performance and um and you know we had known and worked with killian for a lot of years since the batman begins uh when he uh tested for uh batman and ultimately we cast him as the scarecrow but you know he's been a big part of all the films and um i was thrilled that it was an opportunity to use killian in a major role and put him front and center um uh so uh, it was an easy 
you know, conversation and we both agreed he'd be brilliant. And what was it that you were hoping that he would bring to that? You read the script and you got a yeah. sense of who J. Robert Oppenheimer was. What were the things that stood out to you that you thought, man, well, whoever plays this guy needs to be this, and they also need to show us a little bit of that because I'm feeling where they're conflicted here, he's conflicted there. Yeah. Talk to me about some of that. Well, conf conflict is a is a really appropriate term, you know, um, because not only is he, an, you know, a genius and uh, and was regarded as such in his day, but he was also a bit of a rock star. He was a bit of a you know, bon vivant. He was a guy that was known for style and for his, you know, brain. And, you know, I was um, not only knowing Killian over the years and seeing his work in our films, but also a huge Peaky Blinders fan. Right. Um, you know, Killian can be absolutely mesmerizing um, uh, of an actor to watch. And, um, and I thought that, you know, not only did he bring the intelligence, uh, to the to the role, but he brought this conflict. He brought this ability to play to play conflicting thoughts, conflict conflicting emotions in a character, um, and and that's what you want to watch. You know, characters go through. It's certainly front and center in this film, and I find it you know um, uh, an essential part of a lead in the character. You have to want to watch them go through this process. And Killian has an, a, an incredible ability to play emotion and intelligence and, um, and, and a range of emotions uh, all at the same time. And, um, and so, uh, again, I thought uh, it was such an opportunity to spotlight him in a role that was worthy of him uh, and his talent. Um, and so those are all the things that we kind of looked at and talked about. Uh, but, you know, knowing Killian so well, like I said, it was an easy yes for both of us. You know, and I'll say that I got into Peaky Blinders almost a decade ago, and that's where I knew yeah. him from. So the second that I heard that he was going to be the lead in this, I thought, ah, perfect, because I'm a history guy. So I knew about this story. But then I sure. also know about him as an actor and his ability to say so much, even when he's not saying anything. Yeah. But even with the whisper it can cause yeah. you just to focus in on what he's saying. You're like, what, what, what's about to come next? So yeah, <laughs> excellent Killian's, choice. Killian's not a guy that uses a lot of tricks. You know, I mean, I don't know if Chris talked about it at all. Um, he's not an actor that re, that relies on tricks. He's a very truthful, immersive actor. And, um, and I thought, you know, that's a little bit what Oppenheimer was. He was immersed in this world. He, you know, he was singularly focused on it and his love life. But um, uh, but that's something that Killian does really, really well. And um, and so, yeah, uh, I think it was a great choice as well. And I'm thrilled that uh, that he's had this opportunity to step into the spotlight in this way. It's Film Week right here on LAS 89.3. I'm Austin Cross in this week for Larry Mantle, and I'm talking with casting director John Papsidera, who brought us the casting for Oppenheimer, as well as films like Dark Knight and Interstellar, uh, Inception. Uh, let me ask you about uh, the characters themselves, because there are a lot of characters to keep track of. And, of course, what helped was having such a wide slate of household names attached to them. Yeah. And it had this effect for me of making the film feel a bit grandiose. Was that the intention? Uh, I think there was two intentions, you know, and, and we discussed this early on as well, that um, 
first and foremost, I think the idea that we were casting people that had major, you know, contributions to such an important time in history and to the Manhattan Project, that we wanted people with the same kind of presence in modern day, you know, cinema kind of vocabulary to inhabit the film to out of respect for those real people. Um, whether or not it was one line or 50 lines, we felt like it was important to do to pay tribute to those um, scientists and make them seen, since so many of them in history are not seen and not talked about the way Oppenheimer was. And so, you know, the collection of souls that you put together added to the, the depth of those characters and in our own way, out of respect, gave them a bigger life than necessarily just the lines in the script did. So that was first and foremost. I think the other thing was Chris was aware, look, I'm making a, a script that is 180 pages about a scientist and um, and we're competing with Marvel movies. You know, well, we competed with Barbie, but uh, <laughs> the concept was, you know, we do need to stack the deck a bit to give people a driving, you know, interest in the film and help us um uh conquer that on a on a business level as well so it was kind of twofold but really first and foremost it was about you know giving due respect to those people that you know have changed the world such an interesting approach and when i saw all those stars on the screen my first thought was how do you juggle so much talent because you have so many people who are used to being center stage yeah. maybe even getting paid like they're the star yeah except they're just a part of this one man story. How did you find that balance? That was the toughest thing, you know, convincing, because usually, you know, I, I like to kid Chris. And when we first sit down, I'll say, okay, it's good to be king. Who who do you want? And, um, and then we, we'll talk about who's right for the film or not. In this case, I think the reality was, um, you know, we knew we were going to try and do that as much as possible without pulling you out of the film. And so the the selection of those actors was really important that they that they weren't showy, that they wouldn't pull you out of the story, but gave you enough insight to not only remem remember them, but also, you know, to give you a little something to keep people separate, to follow the storyline in a certain way. So, but I have to say, other than um, uh, this more than any other movie we've worked on together, um, that was the most difficult part was, um, you know, making deals with actors that are used to being first and second and third on the call sheet uh, and in billing and in pay, you know, uh, salary and all those things, convincing them and structuring deals that actually, you know, got them in the film was the most challenging thing for me. Not create, you know, creatively, I could think of, you know, tons of brilliant actors that should be part of this. And certainly them being able to talk about, you know, to portray intelligence, to portray, you know, nationalities. And, and you know, we looked all the world over. If they were Hungarian, we were looking for Hungarian actors. So um, a lot of those things were challenges, but really the deal making was the hardest part of it. And um, and I can't thank those actors enough for seeing, you know, being willing to be part of a whole, which is really what, you know, any of us are doing. We're signing on to tell a story and um, an ego gets in the way a lot. And um, and I really commend all the actors involved for putting that aside 
and going on this journey with Chris and all of us to tell this, I think, very important story. You're listening to Film Week here on LAS 89.3. I'm Austin Cross in this week for Larry Mantle. My guest this hour is John Papsidera, who's the casting director for many memorable films, including Oppenheimer, which has just been a smash at the box office. Recent news showed that over $550 million in ticket sales. We will continue our conversation with John when we come back in 60 seconds. Support for LAS comes from Latino Theater Company at the Los Angeles Theater Center presenting American Mariachi by Jose Cruz Gonzalez. It's the 1970s and women can't be mariachis, or can they? American Mariachi is a feel-good comedy about familia, amor, and tradición that will send your heart soaring and put a bounce in your step with a wave of vibrant, infectious live music. On stage through June 9th, tickets and information at latinotheaterco.org. Support for LAist comes from the Norton Simon Museum, presenting the film series Testigo Witness, Goya in the Movies, held on select Fridays in May. Each film touches upon Spanish artist Francisco de Goya's visions of the world, including Pan's Labyrinth by Guillermo del Toro and The Discreet Charm of the Bourgeoisie by Luis Buñuel. Screenings are at 4.30 p.m. on four consecutive Fridays starting May 10th. More information at nortonsimon.org. It's Film Week here on LAS 89.3. I'm Austin Cross in this week for Larry Mantle. My guest this hour is John Papsidera, casting director for the film Oppenheimer. And I want to ask you about Matt Damon, who played Lieutenant General Leslie Groves, the director of the Manhattan Project who appointed Oppenheimer. And what was really interesting to me as a Matt Damon fan, among other things, is the release of Oppenheimer came almost 25 years to the day after another big Matt Damon film that was Saving Private Ryan, in which he was an army private. And so in one sense, it was interesting to see him back in uniform in the same war decades later. But I'm wondering, when it comes to choosing an actor for a film, how much do you consider, say, their past work and maybe their evolution as an actor over the years? Because he's gone from private now to 25 years later, Lieutenant General. How much do you consider their evolution as an actor? It is interesting. Whether you consider it yourself or not, it's usually brought to the table. Whether, you know, you think down the line, well, might they not want to play this role because they've done it before? or they did it recently, or um, you know, a myriad of other things that might come back as answers from their agents and their and their team. So when we talked about Matt, you know, yes, we all love to see Matt in a uniform. And, you know, I think the other thing that uh that occurred to us is that, you know, he is a grown man now, which is very different than what he was in Saving Private Ryan. Right. And, you know, Matt also brought with him a casual confidence that uh that we thought and we felt that uh that he had in the in the character and also the fact that he has humor you know there are moments in the script and it's what i love so much about what matt did with it was he'd find those those small comments he'd find an offhanded comment to then you know give groves that then was a chuckle and um, there's not a lot of opportunities for that in the script. And so we wanted somebody to be able to handle 
comedy as well as the gravitas of somebody that had served and um and somebody that felt lived in and you know i think there's that also matt possesses that we watched him grow up on a screen so you know even though he might not have the same number of years under his belt we feel like he's this you know senior statesman in some ways so a lot of those things lined up and you know, Matt and Chris had wanted to work together uh, ever since Interstellar again. Um, and so we were thrilled that, you know, we thought Groves was a great role for him to fit into. Talking right now with John Papsidera, casting director for Oppenheimer. Looking big picture, John, Hollywood actors are currently on strike. And a major issue is the role of AI in film. And it's already mm. been used in some limited ways, but that technology is improving as a person whose job it is to choose the right talent the right elements for a film what do you think about the advent of ai you know for me um what i why i love what i do so much is that you know i'm trying to match people's souls to something that is two-dimensional on a page i read it and then i go through this process of thinking who has aspects in their personalities, in their souls, in their being that align with this character or can shed light on this character. And, you know, AI would do away with that on a lot, is my understanding. I mean, you know, it's solely created uh, by computers and, um, and formulated. So while you could get it to do anything, I think the, um, you know, the, the process and the experience of watching a film of watching any art in that way is to be moved and i think that you know if you take the human emotion out of it if you take the mm. idea that i am you watching you on a screen but i relate to you um then you're you're really toying with the whole idea of art um of cinema of film all of it then it just becomes a computer game um and um and so I have a lot of concerns about it, and uh, and I stand with the actors that AI is a huge, important issue that needs to be solved and have a uh, have a cohesive understanding of what it is and how it's to be used or not used in you know going forward. I mean, technology comes on us in so many different ways. Sometimes it surprises us yeah. what we're able to do, and then sometimes you know it just happens so gradually. Maybe it's a new iPhone or something like that that you're not noticing the leaps and bounds that technology is making. But I would imagine we might not be far from the point where maybe even non-living actors could be portrayed in films, uh, maybe their image or something like that. Do you think that uh, casting would ever include maybe an actor who's died and then I guess the, the question about that is, would you ever consider working on a, a film or maybe you have to make a decision between a living actor and a, an actor who's maybe passed on? Yeah. Again, it feels like a little bit like a machine stealing from a from a human being. You know, um, uh, I I would have a lot of hesitancy in doing a film that, you know, used AI to bring back somebody from the dead. Um, and I do think there's something, you know, whether it's theater, um, whether it's visual arts, whether it's cinema, there's something about humans relating to humans, about the human experience that will get lost. Um, it can be replicated, it can be mimicked, but it's not the whole 
complex ball of wax that um, that I think we deal with, uh, you know, today and experience as art. That's John Papsidera, casting director for Oppenheimer. You can hear more from John on the Academy Museum podcast from LAist Studios. A new episode dropped this week. John will tell us about his work casting Batman. You can hear that and re-listen to Film Week wherever you get your podcasts. John, thanks so much for making the time. Thank you so much, Austin. Appreciate it. This is Film Week on LAist 89.3. Thanks so much for being with us. The LAS Spring Super Sweeps is happening now. You can win amazing prizes while supporting your source for local fact-based journalism. One lucky grand prize winner will get to choose a brand new Lexus or $25,000 in cash. Other prizes include an electric bike from Juice Bikes and $1,000 gas gift cards. Your donation of $60 gets you one entry to win. And the more you give, the more entries you get. Donate now at LAS.com sweeps.